Genre. Welcome back to the Doctor's Companion Presents Doctor Who, The Long Way Round, the weekly podcast where we review and discuss every episode of Doctor Who, one doctor at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And today on the show, we will be discussing Genesis of the Daleks, the fourth Doctor's fourth story, and oh, what a story it is. Hell Ooh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so this one, of course, like all Dalek stories, uh, this early on in the show, written by Terry Nation. Um, mm-hmm. Although it should be noted, uh, written by is in kind of um, uh, in inverted commas or oh, is it? quotes. Um, because uh, while while this was um, the original story, uh, which was known as uh, the Daleks Genesis of Terror. Sure. Um, that was written by uh, that was written by Terry Nation, creator of the Daleks. Um, but uh, here's what's funny. Um, so Barry Letts, who was mm. the previous producer of the show, um, like with last season, he left last season. Um, he was the one who commissioned the story, wanting a you know sort of a Dalek origin story. Um, and uh what he got was he was he was kind of like less than thrilled with and he and he said ah let's try this again because what you wrote is a little too similar to the other stuff that you wrote for me um which was uh planet of the daleks and i forget what the other one was um, reunion of the daleks death <laughs> death death to the daleks yeah um, oh, so planet of, planet of the Daleks and death to the Daleks. And then he wrote this third one. It was a little too similar to those. And, and so Barry Letts was like, mm, maybe try again. Uh, so Terry nation came up with this, um, idea of, uh, of, of Davros being this sort of like human ish, uh, Dalek kind of weird hybrid dude. Um, and was like, yeah, we'll, we'll have him be the creator of the Daleks and, and that's what we'll do. And so he kind of wrote this, this story, but by the time he finished, um, this new draft, uh, Barry Letts was no longer the producer of the show and Philip Hinchcliffe was now toward the end of last season, um, which would have been like around like the robot kind of era era, um, like right, like toward the end of, um, the Pertwee era and into the robot stuff. So like sort of that like awkward transition of, of yeah. like, we're not, we, you know, it's not John Pertwee anymore, but we haven't left unit yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so at that point, Robert Holmes had become script editor and, uh, Robert Holmes notoriously hates the Daleks, um, and thinks they're boring and stupid and, uh, wow. didn't want to, didn't want to do this story. But Barry Letts was really excited about the prospect of doing a Dalek origin. So Robert Holmes just sort of rolled with it. Um, however, Barry Letts left the show by the time Terry Nation finished his new draft and Philip Hinchcliffe took over producing duties. And he, like uh, Robert Holmes, hated the Daleks and thought they were stupid um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and wanted to create new things and do new new ideas. And so – Basically, they were given this script by Terry Nation, and he was like, here you go. You're welcome. And they were like, great. Um, and it was meant to be the second to last uh, episode uh, or second to last story of the season. But uh, basically, they read through it and just sort of looked at each other and were like, hey, let's um, maybe maybe we rewrite this, huh? Let's Maybe let's just rewrite this and just 
Yeah. So they rewrote the whole story. Um, Is there any historical record of of what this original Terry Nation draft included? Not really. No. Mm -hmm. Just like some just some like basic stuff. But like this this was, you know, they were wanting to sort of lean into um, more of a, you know, horror show is mm-hmm. what they were sort of changing the show into um Hinchcliffe and Holmes and uh that definitely becomes apparent next season the gothic season so good um uh, yeah but <laughs> but uh here i think they're still trying to find their footing and sort of um evolve the show into what they wanted it to be and this story genesis of the daleks i think is Really sort of the proto example of what they were they were trying to do. Ark in Space is there as well, but this is the one that I think it because it, you know, it sort of has a Frankenstein quality to it, not to the level of Brain of Morbius, maybe, but mm-hmm. it's still kind of there. Um, and, you know, the, them pulling sort of uh, World War One stuff into it and all of that. Um, so they uh, they redid the the script and they um, shot it with uh, director David Maloney um, and David Maloney even changed things further. Uh, it was originally going to open with um, the Time Lords uh, brought the Doctor into like a Garden of Eden kind of area and was explaining to the, to him like why they wanted him to do this thing about the Daleks. Uh, and it was Maloney who actually changed it to Scarrow, um, and oh, opened with and and changed it to open with the uh, the trench battle and all mm-hmm. of that stuff. Um, and uh, Terry Nation, meanwhile, um, notoriously dislikes this story uh, because very little of it has anything because to do with it's him. Good, yeah, and he's <laughs> he's a lunatic. Um, but uh, but I do I do love Terry Nation for as much of a lunatic as he is. Um, this episode was also the first one to sort of uh, begin the tirade uh, against the show by Mary Whitehouse and the National Viewers and Listeners Association um, about the uh, brutality. This was the episode in which she described as tea time brutality for tots. Um, and uh, Hinchcliffe basically defended the show by saying like look yeah it's violent but your toddlers can't recreate any of the violence that we have in this so i mean if you want to give them guns and torture devices that's up to you guys but <laughs> that's not our responsibility that's your responsibility as parents to stop your kids from having uh that stuff stop being stupid um, but it was just the beginning of uh, Mary Whitehouse and her hatred of Doctor Who, uh, which would carry on for, I believe, a few decades um, after this. I but think this was the so. first one. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about Genesis of, Adal- of the Daleks. I guess I, I, I think I want to start just, I don't know, like kind of generally about what our. I mean, I'm really curious about how Nick felt about this story. Mm hmm. Yeah, I well, first off, I I I I I, call, I I wrote it down on my notes. Um in a show that to speak kindly sometimes takes its time in in getting started, especially in this era of the show. Um 2 minutes and 56 seconds into the story. Uh that Time Lord is like you're on Scaro, we need you to take out the Daleks before they're created. And he's like, "Oh, okay, cool." And I'm like, "Thank you." <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm glad there wasn't three parts of like, oh, what's this? <laughs> it's like it was. I was like, oh yeah, I'm about this. Let's get going. And besides that, I I really enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed it not so much for its um its camp value or you, you know which. Lovingly, again, is some of the enjoyment for most of the um, the classic Who episodes. I I just found myself like thinking about how much this episode has to say about like the responsibility of like uh, armament 
mm-hmm. in countries mm-hmm. and like what what is the price of safety and protection what 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 is a good weapon what is a uh a functioning weapon what 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 is like that and 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 as goofy as the episode could be i just really enjoyed how it was dedicating itself to asking these questions and i like that it all takes place in a bunker um this this uh, this episode more than anything i've seen really cemented what makes dava such uh, uh davros such a brilliant villain mm-hmm. and th- there were some moments where he was genuinely like creepy and like monstrous and using the daleks as a weapon as opposed to like like a gang of like evil ninja turtles that are always like trying to stop the doctor <laughs> it was just like such a great i thought the use of the daleks in this story were, were was very effective mm-hmm. and yeah, so I I have I have a lot of super positive feelings about about this story. Nice, very cool. Yeah, it's it's very timely. Uh, watching this again, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, which I wish it wasn't, but it is. Um, so I don't know. Like, but like when was it? When but when was it not timely? Yeah, that's true. I think the thing that I really walked away from this watching at this time thinking was um. I kind of wish this was the one and only time Davros was ever on the show. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I don't think, I don't think his appearances later on are ever at the level of what it is here. Like the, the sort of irony of creating a thing to be better than everyone and then they turn on you because they're also better than you. Mm-hmm. Like that irony I think is uh really important and I like where his story ends here. Like I don't I I really just wish he had never come back. Um I'm personally. a really big fan. I'm a really big fan of what they did with him uh this past season. Yeah. But mm-hmm. other than that, yeah, like I do think most of his appearances certainly in New Who tend to be kind of very rote. I think my my thing is like every time he's shown up since then it's always like I'm I'm the godfather of the Daleks. <laughs> um and like oh yeah no we all look at him and he's the boss guy. And yeah. it just sort of like negates I don't know. Yeah, it, yeah, it like it like takes away some of the Daleks power, I think. Um whereas here He's like, I'm the godfather of the Daleks, and the Daleks are like, mm. <laughs> Daleks have no godfather. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. And I, I, I like that because it sort of sets up, um, it sets up the Daleks in like a really cool way. It, it ends his story in a really cool, ironic way. Like it's just really good. And every time he comes back, there, I mean, there's some interesting stuff in there. Um, occasionally, like you said, like what. They did with him and uh, and Capaldi last season. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was really that was a really good story, but it still wasn't. I don't know. I I just think like as a as a legacy for this character, I think it would be much more interesting if this was the only time we ever saw him. I would have zero idea who he is. Right. Right. He would just be the villain of this particular story. That's true. Because I feel like, too, going forward, they have to keep bending back, bending over backwards to, like, make sense out of why he's back again. Um, mm-hmm. Just for the... Yeah, but and, they, like, the best... they do the same yeah. thing with the Master, though. Like, the Master's yeah, died, the like, master... so many times. <laughs> I know, but that's the Master. He's, like, a magician. Like, I don't like that Davros is, like, a, also a magic magician cheater of death guy mm. you get one of those in a show well like yeah. you don't get the master, <laughs> the, the master has such the, such a great get out of jail free card because he slash she is a time lord and she's allotted the same bs that the doctor is allotted whenever he gets out of his scrapes right. but in this episode davros is firmly um much like like you know we talk about this in back to the future a minute a lot but He's he's like a tool of time. Mm-hmm. He's he's a thing. He's a figure in the past that the doctor has to outsmart in order to win the day. Mm-hmm. 
but he's still bound to the the chains of time just as much as as anyone else but then yeah i agree i kind of agree with scott yeah like, but bringing him back every any reason you bring davros back it's just for that twist at the end of the episode or the cold open where mm-hmm. it's like i'm back doctor and it's always like oh davros but then you have to yeah do the the mental back, gymnastics the yeah. backbreaking mental gymnastics of like why he's alive why the daleks like him again why mm-hmm. he's in charge of them why he has control and it's never worth that cheap reveal at the beginning or end of whatever any any future davros story mm-hmm. that's fair yeah um all right. you kind of you kind of can't do what because the master, they get to have fun with it. Where he's like, "We we both don't care why I did it because it's just it's, it's time lord stuff." <laughs> right. But Dav, but that like it, it, if if they just decided to bring back the woman who was in charge of the silence, you know, from from the time of the doctor, and she's like, "I'm here too." It's like, I why? Genesis of the Daleks, Part 1, written by Terry Nation, directed by David Maloney, produced by Philip Hinchcliffe, script edited by Robert Holmes, air date 8th of March, 1975. The Doctor suddenly appears in the middle of a foggy battlefield on Skaro, somewhat disoriented, when another Time Lord suddenly appears. The Time Lord reveals that he intercepted the Doctor and his companions via transmat beam for an important mission involving the Daleks. The Time Lords want the Doctor to travel back in time to avert the Daleks' creation, make them less aggressive, or find some inherent weakness in their makeup. The Doctor agrees and is given a time ring that will return him to the TARDIS when his mission is complete. As the Doctor, Sarah Jane, and Harry explore the battlefield, the trio come across a trench filled with the dead bodies of fallen soldiers that have been propped up to appear more heavily guarded. Suddenly, gas shells drop as a squad of soldiers attack, dragging Harry and the Doctor into their bunker, leaving an unconscious Sarah behind among the dead. Inside the bunker, the Doctor and Harry meet General Raven, who explains they are the Khaleds, who are fighting a war with the Thals for dominance of Skarrow. Raven believes that the Doctor and Harry may be Mutos, the descendants of those mutated by chemical weapons in the first century of the war, and cast out into the wastelands to maintain Khaled racial purity. The Doctor tells Security Commander Niter that they are aliens, but Niter is skeptical, since the Khaled's greatest scientist, Davros, has said that there is no life on other planets. Meanwhile, Sarah Jane has regained consciousness and walks into the wastelands where she stumbles across a crumbling structure and peeps through to see an old and crippled man, his lower body enclosed in what appears to be the bottom half of a Dalek. The man, referred to as Davros, flicks a switch on his chair and a Dalek is revealed. Davros commands the Dalek to exterminate and the Dalek fires a deadly laser weapon, obliterating several man-shaped targets as Sarah Jane watches in horror. So my first note for episode one is that Time Lords are dicks. Um, mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. when I love when Time Lords just mess with the Doctor, especially in Classic Who, because like coming at Classic Who, like having watched New Who first, uh, where he's like, "I'm the last of the Time Lords," and blah blah blah. So like, I still I still consider it a novelty when the Time Lords interfere. Mm-hmm. But you know, Gallifrey hasn't been destroyed yet. Mm-hmm. Um. You know what I like about this sort of opening plot line, um, you know, almost three minutes in, like Nick uh, time-stamped earlier, Mm -hmm. um, is that it's, you know, this Time Lord's coming and he's like, hey, so the Daleks are really screwing up the universe and uh, you need to go back to when they originated and you need to either stop them from happening or change history change change some sort of detail to make them like not so mean and aggressive uh and the doctor's like all right cool and i you know and i'm just like looking at this and i'm just thinking you know they're called time lords Uh, but they don't they very rarely do anything we ne- we very rarely see like what it is they do as time lords and this is like one of the only times i think in the show's history where i can look at a time lord giving the doctor a 
a mission that is time related mm-hmm. and is l- like literally lording over time. What's um what's the name of Rip's uh like group that he belongs to in like that first season of Legends of Tomorrow? Like the Time Cops? Um the Time oh, Punchers? I no 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 no. No, it's literally like the Time Lords. Like it's literally yeah. It's like one one word off of that. Yeah. Huh. Um, those 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 assholes were like all about hip hopping through time and like messing stuff up. Uh huh. Like they, you know, they kind of earned their title, as problematic as that group was. But yeah, you're right. It'd be, it would be like if we called Americans like horse horse lords, <laughs> because like 200 years ago we <laughs> like really like leaned in on like using horses. Uh, America's Rohan. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I I just I really like that this is sort of like a legitimate like time lord thing, time lord yeah. mission. And like even even and the doctor is like, "Oh, that's actually a pretty good idea." Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, their thing is like they observe time but they don't get involved, right? Cuz they're like hands off. Well, yeah, but I mean that's what the watchers are in the Marvel universe. Like that's not yeah. That's so that's it, it's just so dramatically uninteresting as think, a concept, you know? Well, I I like that that's where the doctor kind of starts and then like Sure. like his whole arc is like you need to get involved sometimes, but cuz he get cuz I mean he gets punished for being too involved at the end of his second regeneration. Right, and the time lords are like, um, stop. But mm-hmm. I don't know. And I did, I I did like the conversation at the beginning where, like, the time lord tells the doctor, "Look, we we humor you with your like dumb little adventures, but we actually need you to come back and like do something for like the home country for a second. Mm-hmm. And the doctor's like, "Fair enough." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, imagine, imagine if, um, I mean, Gallifrey, I guess, is sort of back now, right? Um, oh boy. So, so like, imagine if, you know, the doctor is like on like one of his like, you know, regular missions or whatever, what was regular stories. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to kiss Amelia Earhart. Yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> um, and he goes through, uh, he, you know, he goes through the motions and it's like a normal episode. But then in the end, you know, when he thinks that he has like done the right thing or, you know, uh, saved whatever uh, just a team of like time lord like a military group or whatever just like comes in in their own tardis and like just like messes everything up and resets everything to be a certain way and you yeah. just find out that there's like some new leader on Gallifrey who is just like yeah no we're we're going to start just like turning the universe into like the way we want it to be. Oh, because yeah, we're they could, time they, lords. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could come in like the they could come in like the agents for Monsters Inc. in like hazmat suits. Right. Yeah. 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 And just come in and mess everything up, and just like the Doctor having to deal with like, okay, now they're now they're like really messing with stuff. Before they weren't <laughs> messing with stuff enough. Now they're doing it a lot. Uh, I don't know. I they, I just think that there's so many things that you could do with time lords and like with Gallifrey and. It always just seems to be kind of a a, a setting yeah. or just like a dude shaking his finger at the doctor and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one of the only instances where it's neither of those things. It's actually like more of like an active participant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, Scott and I were that. just Scott and I were just talking about how mind blowing that that um that that Citadel episode of Rick and Morty was. And mm-hmm. it's. It's kind of the same thing where, yeah, the Time Lords really haven't had their Missy or their their Blink, like something that re like retconned the Time Lords and retroactively makes them as interesting as they are in concept on the show. Mm-hmm. In, in, in New Who. In fact, the only thing that they did to retcon the Time Lords was just get rid of them entirely right. for, for, you know, 10 seasons or whatever. Because, like, yeah, the, one, yeah, yeah. the one exception and... I don't know, because, like, Time Lords, I think, work better in theory. Um, cause, and then, like, the one exception in Classic Who to that is um, Deadly Assassin. 
because right. that one's actually interesting. But right. every time they set a story on Gallifrey, it's it sucks. Mm-hmm. And so I understand why they're just like, um, let's just get rid of these guys. Yeah. I mean it was it was a it was a smart move, but now that they're back, it'd be cool if they did more stuff like this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we we've had we've had like Lone Wolf Doctor for like a decade now. It it, it would be cool to actually see the doctor have to coexist inside or within the bureaucracy of Gallifrey. Mm-hmm. Or just yeah. something different, you know, because he's been the last Time Lord for so long and he hasn't been the last Time Lord for so long. Yeah. But the show is still asking us to emotionally accept him as the last one while still like being impressed by like. It's back though, but like, why is he still whatever? You know, like it, yeah. it, it doesn't feel emotionally different yet in the show. Is is what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Um, so I, um, I guess the other thing that I want to point out about you know because there's a lot of like table setting in this first episode, mm-hmm. um, and I. I just I I okay so there are so many stories that are the doctor and his companions show up in the middle of a civil war and half of them go to one side like the companion goes to one side the doctor ends up on the other yeah. side someone yeah. gets knocked out and like rescued by the wrong side right 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 and and they're both you so we're seeing both sides of the civil war and the, and you know and they're one is bad and one is kind of good, but then also does bad stuff sometimes. And the, yeah. usually the companion has to be like, oh, actually, that's bad. And they're like, oh, is it? And they're like, yeah, yeah it's kind of it's kind of bad. You butter don't want to be up, like the bad guys. Down. And they're like, OK, yeah, yeah. right. Um, Sneeches with one star, sneeches with two stars. <laughs> but what I like about what I like about this story is that there's actually three sides to the conflict mm-hmm. because there's the Thals. There's the Khaleds and then there's the the mutants. Yeah. Um and and I just I like that there's there's three sides of this conflict because I think it makes it uh a little more colorful and a little more interesting and just I don't know. Not mm-hmm. so like basic run of the mill Doctor Who as this could have been if it was just the Khaleds and the uh Thals. Yeah. You know? The last time we saw the Thals, they were, like, peace-loving, weird, leather-pants-wearing, like, blonde people. So I like right. that... Um, oh, yeah. We're getting ahead of ourselves. But, like, I like that they also do some really terrible things in this one. Mm-hmm. And there isn't, like, a right side to war. Right. Because it's been, like, what, 100 years later? 200 years later? Um, Since when? From, since the Daleks. Oh, the Daleks... Uh, or is this before? No, this, this is before the Daleks. Yeah. So because right. the Daleks, that first right, Doctor right. story takes place after they like nuke the crap out of their planet. So right, yeah. it's a post-Dalek world. Yes. So this is how many? This is how many years prior to the Daleks? Is this like? I think it's like thousands. Because isn't there only like three Daleks left in the Citadel? Oh man, crazy! All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. Like Got it. God, I just, I just want I, I just want like a montage of just how the Daleks like just corked that planet. Yeah. Just just got just slowly just until there's only three left and they're insane. Right. That'd be I'd watch that Ken Burns documentary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 there's my favorite part of every Ken Burns documentary is like at the beginning when he's setting up the players. Like a ranch hand from Kansas who would soon become the godfather of one of America's greatest industries. A, wo- a, school- a school teacher with a simple dream of heading west who would change the course of a nation through education. Like, it would be great, like, you know, slow photo zoom in of like, you know, it'd be great if it was like three Daleks. One. <laughs> Believed in an aqueduct system that would bring clean water to all of Scaro. Another <laughs> would, feel the, would feel the full weight of Scaro's military. Like, oh just, my gosh. Like, like, black and white photos of like frontier Daleks. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. Um, we moved west when Papa got the gout. 
<laughs> when Papa got the gown. Because they're talking about Davra. <laughs> Papa Davi. Um... There's some pretty dark stuff in this in this episode. Like it, it's real. It, it goes full like Peter Morgan sometimes. Well, like there, there's like dead people propped yeah. up in the trenches mm-hmm. to look like the trenches are full of soldiers. Like that's yeah. messed up. Like they are they they're really. I'm a. I, I think World War One, terrible terrible war historically. But I think underused aesthetically in like film and television. Mm-hmm. And so I thought the way they leaned into like the like sci-fi chemical gas like like no man's land stuff was like really interesting looking mm-hmm. yeah i agree i like it um yeah good stuff i mean we got so we have uh who do we have we got we got harry and sarah jane of course yeah um, as our uh as our companions and they're they're fantastic mm-hmm. in this yeah i, I love the doctor asking for his team before getting mm-hmm. the mission. It's such like a fast and furious move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I also I I just love the doctor noticing that Khaled is an anagram of Dalek. Yes. <laughs> it, it's a very Marty move. Uh-huh. Oh, well, cuz I well what I like about it is like there's so many there's so many anagrams over the course of Doctor Who, but this is like one of the only ones where the doctor's like, hey, that's an anagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You think he would. Like, like he didn't realize he didn't realize that uh, Torchwood was an anagram of himself <laughs> or um, Bad Wolf was an anagram for himself. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I like that. he. I like that. He realizes like Khaled. Oh. Barely even trying. Those stupid <laughs> robots. <laughs> Do you think that that was like Robert Holmes, like taking Terry Nation's script and being like, "Eh, this is dumb. Let's hang a lantern on it." <laughs> oh. Yeah, just kind of like. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Khaled. Khaled. Um. So is it? Is it? Uh, General. Raven is that the is that yeah. the super Nazi looking guy with the glasses? Is that oh him or is no, that, that is else? that is Nider, my friend. Nider, he right. is security and, commander Nider. Yeah, in my notes, I was like, this is the most Nazi looking dude I've ever seen. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I through this whole thing, I just kept waiting for his face to melt. Mm-hmm. Not oh. a great season for like security officers in charge of bases. This go around, yeah. it's true. It's true. That's that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh so yeah no, he, I, so I, yes yeah so ravon thinks that they're like mutos is that what they call them mutos? yeah he calls them mutos mutos Muties. yeah because they're Dirty racist muties. um i just i i i i also like that the doctor is like basically pointing out that like they're all like children mm-hmm. um, sure yeah and uh and he takes them he, he i i like how Ra- ravon is so so uppity about like what they're gonna do to them and and what the what what his people are going to do to the planet and how they're gonna get rid of all the thals and be mm-hmm. like the 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 greatest race of people ever um and uh and he's just like this kid, and then the doctor is just like, "Oh, let me look at these plans, and he's like using like the little the little pointer, and then he just kind of like flips flicks the pointer at him and then yeah. Steals his gun and takes over the room. <laughs> yeah, it's always so great. I mean, like, I, I, I really do, especially like these days. I, I'm just so about like obnoxiously pacifistic anti-war doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like, no, you idiots. That's not gonna work. Like it because it's yeah. Like he, he just he's, he, he's so w- easily able to call out the cycle of violence that that just no one is able to like see through mm-hmm. um yeah it's 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 it, it's what in my, in my opinion it's what makes the doctor such an original protagonist and such an endearing mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. are we um the other the only other thing that i wanted to kind of mention in this particular episode was like mm-hmm. okay so so sarah jane is left outside with all the dead bodies yeah they yeah. think that she's dead and then she like tries to escape, and she ends up in these um, these ruins, 
mm-hmm. and we see Davros for the first time, are we, as an audience member at the time, meant to believe that he is one of the muties that <laughs> everyone was talking about? Mutos. I don't think so, because, like, the reveal is the Dalek, not Davros. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. So, well, that's what I mean. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying it's a reveal. Oh. I'm saying, I, I'm saying, like, we don't know who this guy is. We've never met him before. No right, one's really right. talked about him before. We're just seeing a guy who looks weird, and they were talking about mutos earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, no, and, yeah, and, and they just that. and they just and, and she just stumbled upon him mm-hmm. in these ruins while like out in the world. Um, sure, yeah, and and if this know. is like, and if this is the first, it, it, this is like the introduction to Davros, and and he certainly doesn't look like a Dalek. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's weird. I I never would have thought about it that way. Does his bottom little chair? Is it because I know in, in 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 New Who sometimes his like little like chair is the bottom of a Dalek? Yeah, but mm-hmm. I can't really remember if that was the case in this episode. Like I can't get like a, a mental image of it in my head. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, it was. Okay, it was just like the bottom of a Dalek. It's the base of a Dalek. Yeah. God, I've always wanted to see that scene. Oh, of him getting in that thing. One of you, give me your bottom. <laughs> well, no, no, because I. I I think he invents his little wheelchair first, and then oh, uses and that then, to invent okay. the Daleks. Yeah, our bottoms are Papa Davy's bottom. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my goodness! I always have issues with the first Dalek story of a companion because it's always the same. It's always sure. like uh, a companion. The Doctor is like, oh my god. The Daleks, the most <laughs> evil things on the planet. And the compa- then the companion is always just like, oh, look, they're fat and stupid and they roll around. That's cute. Uh, and then they have to learn that they're they're actually like, you know, mm-hmm. m- m- you know, mur- murder machines. Right. It's like Kim um, Jong-un. And, and uh, so I, I always really like the stories where the companion comes into the situation already knowing what a Dalek is and was like, oh, no. <laughs> Not um, these guys I'm- again. Yeah, I'm always I'm always way more uh, interested in those stories because mm-hmm. the other ones are always the same. Uh, Has there? Oh my god! Okay, maybe I shouldn't even say this while we're recording, but imagine like if Bill, like imagine the if like the first Dalek story for Bill was like she gets separated from the Doctor, she's wandering around, she finds like an old ruin, and it's a Dalek, but he's like has a dent in his helmet, and he's like completely docile. <laughs> I think that hello I think human. I think they've done that story before. In oh, there's uh, no way. It's so in, yeah. In Big Finish, I think Big Finish has kind of done yeah. a similar. Yeah. Thing. Well, isn't that and like Bill- um like Dalek? Like when Rose is like, oh, that's weird, and then she like touches it, mm-hmm. and then it like freaks oh, out. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I guess kind of. Don't wake me up. <laughs> but it'd be yeah. But I just I love the idea of Bill and like a friendly. Like like the sloth of Daleks, like going on an adventure. It's like, oh, you're just so cuddly, and Bill want to hug you. Like, thank you, Bill. And then, like, the Doctor's like, whoa, whoa, oh my god! Imagine if this last season of Doctor Who had ended with Bill as a Cyberman and uh, and uh, and oh, she has like a a Dalek friend. Yeah, no, 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 and 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 Nardle gets turned into a Dalek, and it's just like, oh my god, N- Nardle the Dalek and and Bill the Cyberman just like I going still, on adventures together. I still like genuinely regret that like Oswin as a Dalek never became a companion. I just think that would have been such a cool image of like the Doctor and a Dalek <laughs> like rolling into like battle together. <laughs> yeah. Especially if, like, they made the Dalek, if they put, like, Clara's, like, cute little, like, like doll dresses, like, over the shell of the Dalek body. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, but I, I did think the reveal of the Dalek at the end of this was, like, super cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now we can begin. It was... 
It was fun. Genesis of the Daleks, Part 2. Written by Terry Nation, directed by David Maloney, produced by Philip Hinchcliffe, script edited by Robert Holmes. Air date, 15th of March, 1975. Once Davros leaves the scene, Sarah is taken prisoner by a pair of mutos that had been following her. One of them notes that mutal law demands that they kill Sarah for being a norm, but the other, named Severin, tries to stop him. Their fight is interrupted by a squad of Thal soldiers who take Severin and Sarah to the Thal Dome as slave laborers. In the Khaled base, the doctor's time ring is confiscated as he and Harry are taken to senior researcher Ronson for questioning. After examining the results of a scan, Ronson is startled to discover that the doctor and Harry are indeed aliens. Before he can question them further, Davros arrives to present the new Mark III travel machine, but the doctor recognizes the machine as a Dalek. The Dalek detects the Doctor and Harry's alien physiology and attempts to exterminate them, but Ronson switches the Dalek off before it can fire because he believes that the prisoners might hold valuable information. Davros agrees to give Ronson until dawn to finish questioning Harry and the Doctor, at which time they will be executed. Davros announces that the Mark III travel machine will now be known as a Dalek, and Ronson asks how the Doctor knew about this in advance. The Doctor reveals that he is a time traveler who has dealt with the Daleks before. Ronson tells the Doctor that the scientific elite discovered that the Khaled race is mutating. Davros believes that this mutation cannot be reversed and began experiments to determine the Khaled's final mutated form, and the Daleks are the result of those experiments. Ronson does not approve of Davros' methods and will help the Doctor and Harry escape if they inform the government. Meanwhile, Sarah Jane discovers that the Thals have built a rocket that they hope will bring victory against the Khaleds. Sarah proposes to the other slaves that they try to escape through the dome's exit at the top of the rocket, but as they all start to climb, the Thal troops begin to fire up at them, and Sarah Jane loses her grip and falls. I love that they call the normal norms. <laughs> yeah, that made me laugh. Uh, What's up, I, Norm? You, you know what? I have issues with that. I please, have issues please, with that. please go on, yeah. Uh, I, I have it's problematic for sure. Oh no, it is. I have issues with it because, like, why would they call? Why would they? Why would they sure. use the phrase "normal"? Yeah, for the people who are keeping them down are not them. Yeah, Mutant and proud, Scott. Yeah, but <laughs> I just, I, I don't, I. That seems. I understand no. that's like the perspective of like what they sure. were writing. Right. Sure, but, but sociologically it makes no sense. No. Yeah. None whatsoever. Like, and no, like there there's no record of like the Aztecs being like, and then the normal people came from across the ocean. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and then and then they're just like, yo, we have to, you know, death to all normies. <laughs> uh, and yeah. and he's like, Why do we have to kill everything that's beautiful? <laughs> We are ugly, but we are alive. And he's like, I'll kill you. Uh, and, and really, they're not even that, like, <laughs> mutated. They're just, like, balding. I know. One's got, um, like, a weird club arm. Like, <laughs> No, it's, um, oh, God, what movie was that where they, like, revealed a scar, like, a character, like, took off his mask and revealed, oh, I think it was, Fan- it was, it was Gerard Butler, Phantom of the Opera, right? Where he, like, <laughs> barely had anything wrong with him. Yep, yep. Look at look upon this. Idiot. It's like a like a third degree sunburn. <laughs> yeah. Or like Zuko in the in the right. last Airbender yeah. movie. I'm dishonored. Yeah, but the the the, 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 the mutos are on a mission to just destroy beauty, <laughs> <laughs> which they refer to as beauty. Yeah, the beauty. I just everything about this is that that of that like. Psychologically, it just bothers me. It drives me up a wall. Sure, like it, it, it's it's super effective in like a pulp sci-fi way. But yeah, like as a as the backdrop of a civilization, it's like super super wonky. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, but then we meet uh, we meet my favorite character uh, of the of this episode, this story, um, which is Ronson. The uh, hell yeah, the guy from the scientific division who is like everything he know he thinks he knows to be true is questioned and changed yeah. over the course <laughs> of like the three episodes that he's in, um, and it all starts with him just being like uh, you know 
the the only way if I didn't know any better, I'd say you were from another place. And the doctor's like, why wouldn't you know? But why would you know better <laughs> than that? Uh, and he's like, well, because everyone knows that Scaro is the only uh, planet with intelligent life and in, like the surrounding eight galaxies. And he's like, you know, there's more than eight galaxies. Oh, like, that was such a pimp line. Baker has some genuinely really clever retorts mm-hmm. in this one. But uh-huh. that was that was the first one because he's just so like you're aware there are more than seven galaxies and like the look <laughs> on Ronson's face like because it, it is such like an obvious it, but it it is such like a like a smart ass kid in the principal's office kind of situation yeah. which is kind of yeah. who the doctor is really at the end of it especially Tom Baker this early Tom Baker stuff is like that. yeah yeah just like um. just like popping jelly bellies in his mouth with his feet up on the desk. <laughs> Yeah, I just like how he was also testing uh, the uh, the 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 Nazi dude, um, the Khaled guy uh, about Snyder. He wanted. Well, no, that he wanted uh, tea or coffee. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. right, right. And and like he does this stuff and you just you're when you're watching it, like you could really just take it as like, oh, he's just he's so quirky. Um, but like, he's really just testing people. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. like I'm going to ask for tea and coffee. And his reaction to me asking tea for tea or coffee is going to tell me everything I need to know about this guy. I love that the guy yeah. is just like, what? Like the most exaggerated. <laughs> yeah. What? How? Jim. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, 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 but, but if he asked the same question. To Ronson, I feel like Ronson would be like, yeah, I could probably whip something up. Because mm-hmm. um, he's just not – he's not – What I mean what he's basically seeing is like at a base level, what kind of person are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He, he He's like a kid with a new babysitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like what can I – like what can I get away with? Will you, will you tell me if I'm not allowed to like watch this on TV? Yeah. Yeah, he's like he's trying to find people who can help him through this situation. Mm-hmm. Like, are you somebody worth talking to, or should I just find someone else? Mm-hmm. Um, and with that first guy, you know, he's like, okay, this is this is pointless. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'll wait. And then he finds the guy that he can sort of reason with in uh, in Ronson mm-hmm. over time. He has to he has to keep proving that the world the the universe is larger than Ronson <laughs> believes. But once he does that. Um, you know, Ronson is sort of like, all right, uh, I, I should be listening to this guy. I mm-hmm. always, I really like the scientists who think that they're the smartest people in existence. Mm-hmm. And then they meet the doctor and they're just like, whatever, I'm not smart. You're not smarter than me. And then the doctor proves that he is. Right. And then they're like, oh, oh, well, all right, then if you're smarter yeah. than me, then, uh, by all means, it, it, I bid it's you how adieu. you. It's how you wish. It, I mean, it's sort of how you you wish all scientists or all people would be. That yeah, they'd be like, oh, it's actually it's not a blow to my ego that you're smarter than me or that you're teaching me stuff. I should just be absorbent and like li- and like learn from you right. and not right try and silence you. I I love that. Um, and then and then my favorite part of this episode, I think. Is uh, the Dalek showcase? Um, Davros's Dalek showcase. Yeah, y'all ready for this? Dun, 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 <laughs> it's like dun, a, dun, it's it's like one of those uh, like one of those like Apple presentations. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's like Tim Cook comes. It's like out. Tony Stark Expo. Right. Oh yeah. But instead of like a bunch of like girls dancing in like little mini Iron Man outfits, it's just a bunch of like Daleks like in a row, like, like spinning. Kind of, like, <laughs> yeah. Da, da, turn da, da, turn da, to the da, left. Da, da. Turn to the right. right. Spin, 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 spin. <laughs> and then they get their they get their little their gun uh installed, which is literally just a plug. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so cute. I love it. Like, it's upgrade. like a little USB. Yeah. 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 Upgrade. Uh-huh. Our new model. <laughs> God, they're even more pathetic without that little gun thing. I know. <laughs> like, what were they before that? What What could they do? They just like push you. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so good. Uh, they like plunger you. Get to over death. there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's sort of like it's sort of like how um, cats are like 
nature's perfect killing machine. Yeah, but they're like, like eight pounds. <laughs> but they're like eight pounds, and and like we declaw them. Oh, and don't declaw your cats, people. And this has and been they a just PSA. like. Yeah, and then they just they just like I'm a perfect killing machine, but I can't do anything because yeah. I don't have my laser gun. That's so sad. Yeah. No, it's just like I just I'm, I just keep imagining that a Dalek like bumping into someone repeatedly, like a cat. <laughs> yeah. You know what would be amazing is if like you you wait for the Dalek to be like asleep and you replace their laser gun with like a like with like another kind of gun that like turns everything into like puppies and flowers and stuff yeah. and they just no they're just no. like trying to like kill they're trying to kill things but they're just making things more beautiful and they're like no no yeah. they're just so or frustrated like, or like one of those glitter cannons <laughs> yeah the doctor will surrender <laughs> glitter damn all you've done has made me more fabulous <laughs> now we we're creating beauty <laughs> oh my gosh fabulous fabulous <laughs> um my favorite part of the episode is when sarah is trying to uh climb to like the top of the the rocket that mm-hmm. she has seen and then uh there's uh there's two so like the, the people that they're climbing with her are getting shot right mm-hmm. the 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 slaves there are two scream sound effects, and they get used multiple times for people <laughs> that we see are different people. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's great. <laughs> like, you hear, like, the same guy die, like, three times. Yeah. It's like it's the BBC's Wilhelm scream. Uh-huh. Yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's where part two ends, is you think Sarah's going to... Uh, well, she starts to fall. You get a great freeze frame of her like falling. Oh, it's so dumb. Yeah, I hate yeah. the cliffhanger. Yeah, the cliffhangers in this story are the weakest part of it. Mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> yeah. Um. They, they when they when they edited it to get like I I I don't I'm not a big fan of the um the feature length edits that they do of classic Who stories. Oh, really? But I think. Yeah. I think this is one of the only exceptions. Yeah, because I like the cliffhangers usually. Like, that's what Doctor Who is. Like, classic Who is yeah. serials and cliffhangers and, you know, that, that it's part of the charm. But in this particular story, I think it does improve it mm-hmm. uh, by taking the cliffhangers out and making it just like one long feature length story. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, the cliffhangers aren't great in this one. I don't think. There are... Um... In my notes, I wrote down a lot of shots that I thought were genuinely, like, evocative and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point mm-hmm. where I was like, who directed this? And I looked him up, and it was just, like, the same guy who directed War Games and Towns of Wing Chiang. I'm like, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but one of the ones I wrote down in this one is that shot where the Doctor and Harry are first peering through the little... Uh, hole at like the mutant like the Dalek mutants and it's just green uh-huh. and then you see their eyes that that's such a good shot uh, yeah oh my gosh I, it's it's a great shot and I and I love that that bit because it's literally like I mean they're, they're, they're the 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 um professor guy uh what's his name Ronson mm-hmm. um Ronson is literally just like yeah no I mean Davros is is crazy and he he comes full around to the doctor's way of things like 15 minutes later yeah. after uh finding out that the doctor's an alien um and he's like he's like yeah no i mean the davros is crazy i mean there's there's stuff going down that he doesn't want anyone to know about uh like we're all mutating into like these other beings and the doctor just like ah how bad could it be and he just like flips on a light and he's like looking yeah. there and he looks and then he comes back and he's just like, you guys have some troubles. Nope. Um, <laughs> like that's, that is not good. Um, I, uh, I just, I love that. I thought that was really, yeah. They, but yeah, this is really well directed. Mm-hmm. You're right. The, the use of, um, shadow, especially yeah. like these aren't, these sets aren't overlit. Um, they're sort of, it reminds me of like what the sixth doctor era was trying to do and failing. Right. Like gritty and grimdark and whatever yeah Yeah. but this this is doing it but like doing it well i think yeah 
And like we were talking a little bit earlier about like the gothic horror that they were working towards. And I think that shot in particular is very indicative of that. Like you don't see the monster until like what, like the end of episode five. Yeah. So it like, like yeah. Good stuff. It is. It's, 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 it's dark in a way that is not grim dark. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. It it reaches that level of like darkness and uh, maturity, but in a, in a in a in a really interesting way. Yeah. Genesis of the Daleks, Part Three, written by Terry Nation, directed by David Maloney, produced by Philip Hinchcliffe, script edited by Robert Holmes. Air date twenty second of March, nineteen seventy five. Sarah Jane lands on a platform, and Severin helps her back up. They make it to the nose cone of the rocket, but are caught before they can reach the dome's exit. Meanwhile, after Ronson helps them escape the bunker, Harry and the Doctor arrive at the Khaled base, where the Doctor briefs the Khaled counselors on Davros's experiments and future events involving the Daleks. The counselors decide that an independent inquiry will look into Davros's experiments, and if the Doctor's allegations are true, the project will be shut down. But spies inform Davros of this meeting, and as the counselors arrive to announce the inquiry, Davros pretends to take the news well, but orders the creation of 20 new Daleks. Meanwhile, Raven tells Harry and the Doctor that Khaled agents have reported that a girl led an attempted breakout in the Thal Dome. Believing she must be Sarah Jane, the Doctor and Harry ask Raven to show them how to get to the Thal Dome. While making their way through the corridors, they manage to spy on a meeting between Davros and Thal leadership in which Davros claims to only be interested in peace. He gives them a chemical formula that will weaken the Khaled Dome enough for their rocket to work in hopes of ending the war, even if it means the destruction of the Khaled race. Harry and the Doctor enter the rocket silo in the Thal Dome, where they find Sarah and free the slaves. Harry, Sarah, and Severin leave for the Khaled Dome to warn them about the Thal's planned attack and Davros's treachery. Meanwhile, the Doctor attempts to sabotage the rocket, but is stopped when a guard in the silo activates an electric grid, shocking the Doctor into unconsciousness. Poor Sarah Jane. Like... Yeah. She she yeah, falls. She, this is not a fun. This is not a fun adventure for no. her altogether. <laughs> no. She like falls, no. and then someone catches her, and then they like get caught by the falls, and then like that one guy like dangles her over the edge. I'm like, oh my god, just leave her alone. I know. <laughs> um, I love. She's so good in this yes, story, though. Yes, I love her outfit. Like, I know it's the same outfit from the past like three stories, but I love her mm-hmm. her sweater. Um. Mm-hmm. And I really like Davros's like weird garden of monstrosities just living in the sewer. <laughs> yeah, Look I I also I love I love <laughs> I love Davros being like faux compliant because mm-hmm. uh, it's really creepy and manipulative. Yeah, it's very slimy. Yeah, he's really got like a Jafar thing going on in this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or like an Emperor Palpatine. Yeah, Senator Palpatine, really. Oh yeah, that's true. It's very true. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um this third one I I think I think I don't think there's a lot of um fat on this story, but I do think the third episode in particular like there's stuff in it that needs to happen, but like it does feel a little thin, I think. Yeah. Mhm. Um there's not a whole lot. Like, I didn't have a lot of notes for like, the third one. I don't know. Like, Harry gets eaten by the clam a little too long, which is hilarious. Oh, the clam. Like... <laughs> the clam was great. <laughs> what, is, what does he say? Why am I always the one being snapped? Yeah, on no, it's, he's like, like why is it always me that puts a foot in it? Which I wrote down because yeah. the doctor literally stepped on a landmine two episodes ago and not right. Harry. It's like, what? What are right. you talking oh. about? <laughs> yeah, I, for, I, forgot, I forgot. They were like, we're in a minefield. Yeah. <laughs> there was so much in episode one, it was hard to, like, talk about all of mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, yeah. Episode one was, like, just loaded with stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he does get the he, – he, he steps on, in the um, the cave clam. <laughs> I, I am so sad. I would love to see a scene where a Dalek accidentally, like, rolls across that thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no, no. It just like gets eaten by this giant like like Audrey <laughs> 2 clam. I <laughs> uh, love it. Um, is this the is this the episode where the uh, where the doctor starts like telling everyone about like the Daleks and how they're uh, evil um, and terrible and everyone's like uh, what yeah I Guns think bad. so I think I think this is the one he, he I mean they it, it's also like Harry and the Doctor I mean the whole the whole thrust of this episode is like Harry and the Doctor being like we should go save Sarah Jane huh mm-hmm. it's and, weird when it's just the two of us. <laughs> yeah, and so they go. They go to try and save Sarah Jane, and they like break into that silo. Um, and the doctor is like, uh, "I'm gonna, you know what? While we're here, I mean, I might as sab- well just like gonna, sabotage this rocket. I'm gonna sabotage this rocket. Well, well, just while I'm here, I'm gonna, yeah, sabotage this rocket real quick. Did you? Did you guys? It's like a really minute thing, but I thought it was really funny. Um, when they're in the Thal headquarters, there's this random extra with, like, the most 70s mustache and eyeglass combination I've ever seen in my life. And he just, like, walks <laughs> by like walks by the camera. And it, I didn't, it's I so didn't think good. I saw him. Oh, it's, like, peak Sounds 70s. Amazing, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about how, uh, like, just, yeah, peak 70s. I, I 75, man. There was... <laughs> A lot going on here, um, fashion wise, yes. and Starsky and Hutch. Yeah, well, I love, I love, uh, I love Sarah Jane's uh, fashion. I guess. Oh but, man, um... I want to cosplay her so bad. <laughs> well, oh, there's she's something. Awesome. There's something very timeless about like the the Sarah Jane costume in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in like, mo- like... most of her costumes, actually. Uh, yeah, like, like you, you could get most of Sarah and Jane's the sweater and the little galoshes. Mm-hmm. Um, I love yeah. it so like, much. Sarah, like Sarah Jane, could shop at Anthropology and get away with it now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Harry, though, Harry is very seventies. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. In a way that I'm not, I'm not into. Everything is like kind of too big for him. Everything he's wearing, like when, when, like when he was like walking around, like with all of his layers, it was just like, oh man, like what are you trying to outlayer the Doctor? Like, <laughs> chill out, dude. So many layers. I could see being friends with the doctor would make you like, well, am I not doing enough? Like with my wardrobe? Like, <laughs> that's true. That's very true. Do I need a thing? Um, so this one, uh, yeah. So the doctor, he tries to, uh, sabotage the rocket and, uh, that's, uh, that's, that somebody turns on the electric fence. Um, Jurassic Park style. Yeah, and he gets electrocuted. Yeah. The other, the other thing I really liked about this episode, um, there's that moment where the doctor like breaks into the the fall headquarters and he's like, "Oh, excuse me, can you help me? I'm a spy." And then like he overtakes. Oh, that, that was guy. great. Yeah, and I that's like quintessential <laughs> Tom Baker because he does it with like like a sh- like a grin on his face, and uh-huh. it's I don't know. I I love his quippy like one liners. Early Tom Baker. I I'm just I was just in awe mm-hmm. of watching this and just I'm like watching this and I'm just enjoying every second of it and I'm just and then just dreading the fact that like you know a couple years from now we're gonna be beyond this era and we're gonna have like four more years yeah. of just bad story after bad story to go through. Well, he he like becomes an asshole and then he's just tired in that last yeah. season. So like. I think the the least tolerable Tom Baker seasons are like his fourth and fifth one, but we get Romana, uh-huh. so that's fine. That's true. She makes it she tolerable. Put, she puts him in his yeah. place, um, which is good. But uh, man, this is just not quite peak Tom Baker, but it's up mm-hmm. there. Um, peak Tom Baker's next season, but uh, some good. It's some good stuff here for sure. Uh, all right. Well, I think that about uh, wraps us up for uh, this week's uh, Doctor's Companion. Um, we'll be back next week to talk about uh, parts four through six yeah. of Genesis of the Daleks. Um, in the meantime, uh, where 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 can people find us if they want to, Cass? Uh, you can find us all on DuelingGenre.com and our various projects that we've got going on, along with a plethora of other stuff that we're hosting on the site and it's really cool yeah Mm -hmm. and if you haven't yet you should uh definitely go check out our 
listener group on Facebook. Uh, so go uh, go look for that. The link should be in the show notes. Um, so go check that out. And uh, if you want to, you know, help us uh, do more with this show, uh, you can go check out our Patreon page, duelinggenre.com slash support. And, uh, you know, help us uh, help us make help us do more with this show and um, and, and do that uh, Doctor Who and the Daleks thing that we want to yeah. do. Um, yeah. So go go check that out. Duelinggenre.com slash support. And we will be back next week with Genesis of, Genesis of the Daleks part parts four through six. 